0: and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real-life HR situations we face every day. This episode was recorded live at SHRM 2022 in New Orleans. And joining me during the session is April callis Birchmeyer owner of Springboard Consulting, author, and keynote speaker. April, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Always my pleasure. I'm really happy to be here. I was hoping we could start with maybe you sharing a little bit about your background and passion for organizational culture. Well, I have to say that
1: I did my undergrad degree in communications, and I was kind of, you know, doing a lot of theater and things as well. It was a, a dual degree. And then I really got focused and I got my master's in communications and training and development. And the reason I was so excited about training and development was that I saw people who were training employees at Ford Motor Company, where I had a consulting contract. And I said, what is that you're doing? And they said, it's called training. And I was like, that's the thing I want to do. So I started out in training and I really loved my training career. I was having a lot of success and I really loved the clients I was working with. But I met somebody at an association of training at ATD, which, yep. And I went to this meeting and she said to me, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a trainer. And I told her also about my party business that I had at the time. And she said, I love the way you think. We need you for organizational change management. And I had never even heard of organizational change management, but she recruited me and I started my first ERP project uh, in 1997 and we barely had any internet or anything at that time. And uh, I loved it immediately because it was the perfect combination of communication, training and development and business redesign,
0: which I love. It's amazing that somebody was able to identify that passion for you. Um, My origin story is a little bit the same where I was in the mental health profession and I had somebody pull me aside and say, Hey, you were in the wrong profession. You need to be in HR. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't. But I'm so glad that somebody saw that passion in me. So it's so cool to hear that from you. um, as part of your origin story, you know, for the last, you know, two years, HR practitioners have lived in a constant change environment. Um, You know, how can we start to think about the impact of organizational change management on creating better outcomes for change? I mean, ultimately, I think we all know we need good change management process, but we get stuck in react mode instead of plan mode. So how do we change that? How do we think differently about that? Well, I think one of the keys is
1: is what HR professionals are already so good at. One of the keys is really putting yourself in the place of the stakeholder's shoes. Like that stakeholder, that end user, you know, that downstream external stakeholder, like what is it that they are experiencing? And as I also have a PMP, so I'm a project management professional. And on project teams, I have noticed that, you know, we're very focused on technical things, but we're not thinking about the people side. And that's what I love so much about change management is that we're always focusing on our stakeholders. So I feel like when I'm talking with leaders and when I'm talking with my clients and trying to assist them in moving through a change, my first question is, you know, have you done a really thorough look at your stakeholder groups and how many are in there and what kind of change impact does it have on which type of stakeholder group? And many times they're like, well, we didn't really... We know we have like 14,000 stakeholders, but we didn't really do anything else. Like we know who they are, but that's it. And I find that that lack of thinking about the end user and that stakeholder will lead us many times into making technical mistakes by planning out a project without planning out the, the people side of that project, the change management side. I'll have to give you a quick example. I was just talking with a group and they said, we're going to retire seven systems And we think we're going to retire these seven systems over the next, you know, three years. And we're going to um, just do it system by system. And I said, well, has anybody done a stakeholder analysis to see what what stakeholder groups are in multiple systems? No, we hadn't really thought of that. I said, because when you retire one and then you've got stakeholders who are in, you know, one retired system and two non-retired systems, it makes it very difficult to work. And they said, oh, we hadn't even thought of how that would happen. So we're going to re-baseline the entire project. We're going to plan for how we'll roll out change to the different stakeholder groups in a way that makes it easy for them to adopt it.
0: I think that's such a good point, especially when you think about systems, right? You know, technology is ever-changing. So, you know, companies are always evaluating, is this the best bang for our buck? Is it the right tool for us to use? So when I think about change management and some of the things you've shared already, I think something that gets lost is the benefits on the narrative when we're communicating the change out. There, There is large benefits if we get that right. So how do we think about getting that piece of it right, even if we have to make these big sweeping system changes or big process changes?
1: I started my career in the ERP space, implementing a large ERP for a major university. And I learned from that experience that all of the technical bullet points in the world will not help people understand the change. What they need is a relevant and relatable story of the change. And that's the first piece of my Ready, Set, Change framework. The Ready piece is relevant and relatable story of change. And I I do talk about how I discovered this for myself and what a tremendous impact it had on the stakeholders of that university, and I have to brag that 20 years after that implementation, that group is still using that story. They still, that particular change agent group still uses the story as a framework for them to understand how they should keep the ERP the way they want it to be and not let it fragment out into, you know, separate databases or separate camps doing different things. And so it's really fascinating to me, and I spend a lot of time talking with groups about the story of change and we have to identify the benefit of the change and figure out what's the story that represents that and one of the techniques to use when you're trying to develop that that you know understand that story of change and to tell that story of change is figuring out that benefit like if we don't know the benefit of change why are we changing yeah if we can't express that in a clear concise relevant and relatable way why would people do it Yeah,
0: When I think about telling a story, you know, one of the things that I think I've utilized in my career is finding a champion that I can partner with that can amplify the story that has some of that camaraderie already built. Um, Have have you found that that's a successful way or, or maybe there's a tactic that we can use to find those champions in our groups? Well,
1: you know, in change management we often talk about having a sponsor and that sponsor is ultimately the person responsible for the change and I honestly feel that it is my mission to ensure that my sponsor knows what they're supposed to do to help people I engage that leader and I really set them up for success I have a sponsor success kit and I really prep them on these are the things that you need to do to help this change be successful and I look at what their strengths are, right? Some some leaders are so good at telling stories. And then I'm like feeding them a lot of different storylines. You know, I'll give them like a key message for that month or a key message for a week and and help them to craft like little side pieces that go along with our story of change. Some leaders are not as comfortable in front of everybody, but there's ways that we can make them more human. And so one thing I did... um, with a large HR transformation, was I worked with the leader and we did video snippets. She was so funny when she was talking with her senior leaders. So I did like six or seven Zoom calls and then we clipped together a little um, video and we sent it out and people loved it. They felt so connected to her. And so I feel like there's so many different ways that we can really set our leaders up for success and build that camaraderie with Our change management practice so that our leadership is able to really rise to the occasion. And when they understand, when our sponsors understand how incredibly important it is for them to be able to lead the change successfully and how the preparation that they'll do to prepare other people for change makes such a tremendous difference, they are excited about it. They're like, oh, I have a sure way to make this better. I'll do it. (laughs) So I've, I've developed a lot of tools. I have an engaging leaders brief that I worked on because I only got 15 minutes a week with one of my leaders and I had to give her a quick way to see all the things that we were communicating and doing and she needed to be able to be a part of it. And so I think there's a lot we can do when we prepare the leaders and we make sure that they know the story of the change and how they impact
0: others. I'm, I'm curious. And what do you include in that sponsor success kit? I have so many pieces. One is like, I really feel our
1: sponsors need orientation. Like when we're kicking off a big change, like they need orientation. They need to understand, they need to be in the meetings, in the conversations about what is the benefit of the change, right? They need to understand the benefit of the change at, at a cellular level they really need to be able to speak to it all the time and i think also they need to have a sense of here are all the the pieces that we can give you to make you more successful so a lot of times i will do like video interviews i've done like um virtual summits with my leaders and sometimes you know those are really helpful because you can just email out like a 15-minute conversation with a leader every week and with your sponsor that's just ideal Um, many times I'll do a, um, a kind of a strengths assessment so that I can see what they're good at. Like sometimes I have leaders who are great writers. And then what I do is I'll give them bullet points and let them write the rest, or I'll give them kind of a terrible first draft. And then I'll let them write the rest of the article because they enjoy writing and they're good at it. And they, they, they want to be connected in that way. Some folks, as I said, are really great at telling stories. And many leaders have a lot of charisma and you have to find out what they're excited about. I had a leader who was really into golf and he was so into golf and everything about golf that we decided to like create the entire sort of story of change around golf because he could speak to it so naturally. Like it was just so easy for him. He's like, well, I have to tell you where we are right now. We're in the sand trap. (laughs) So that kind of thing. And then I also have some tools like the engaging leaders brief. I have tools um, that I give them also like a content calendar so they understand when messaging is going out. So they never have to panic and say, when are we going to tell somebody about this?
0: Yeah. And then I I give them a measurement tool. Um, the golf story is great. I mean, like <laughs> hone in on the thing that they're passionate about. Yes. I love that. You know, you you have a model. You talked about it a little bit already. It's called Ready Set Change. It's a five step framework to increase change adoption and initiate success. Um, and obviously, you have a session here at Sherem. So I'm not going to have you give us all the details, <laughs> but maybe you could share a little bit about that model.
1: Well, I really thought a lot about how is it that I can help our project managers. And our change management professionals and our HR professionals all come together because that's kind of like my sweet spot. Like if you have that Venn diagram of, you know, project managers, HR professionals and and change management um, professionals, that's that's it for me. And I thought, you know, we're not always speaking the same language. I have been trained in many different change management methodologies. I've been trained in uh, one of them that has a lot of templates And that's great. And I think that there's always value in learning new things and in that. But one of the problems I ran into was that as a change management professional working with project managers, we were not speaking the same language. And I needed a fast, easy way to help them understand. Here are the five things. If we do these five things and we put those in the project plan, we'll be successful. And when I was able to articulate it to them, I was able to articulate it to them. This is the ready model. So we're going to have a relevant and relatable story of the change. And that happens right here. And we're carrying that through. And then we have to engage our leaders. And that's where we really go in on those sponsors and get them on board. And then we ensure that all of our cascading sponsors are also telling that same story. And they all understand the story and what's at stake. And so I built this framework so that it would be possible to say to my project management leaders, hey, you know, we're on A, we're on the advanced communication side of our ready model. And so advanced communication is really addressing the issue that I see happen frequently, which is nobody wants to tell anybody until it's perfect, right? Like this communication is not perfect yet. And I'm like, you have to tell people what you know when you know it. You know, the most recent Gallup um, poll, the, uh, the State of the American Workplace Report, Gallup has identified that you have to hear something nine or be communicated nine to 16 times before you realize it to Oh my really goodness, I didn't know to it had
0: changed to Yeah, that it much. used to be
1: seven. Right. <laughs> it's not seven. It's nine to 16 times. And it is really hard to get people's attention because there's so much noise right now in yeah. the world. So it's, um, it's a model that I just put together. Uh, develop and support has all of our training and post-go-live support in it. And then I really needed to focus on how to address resistance. So the why, the why of the change is how we address resistance. And we have to look at all those resistant responses that we see, and we have to take a look at where they're coming from. And then there's specific techniques we can use to help people become less resistant and help them overcome sort of that human response, which is resistance.
0: Yeah, As you think forward to where we are now coming, not really coming out of the pandemic, living in the pandemic, I guess would be a better way to phrase it. You know, how do you see change management evolving as we add on the complexity of flexibility in the definition of work location, like where work happens? that's got to have an impact as you think about change management.
1: It does. It really does. I mean, RTO is a big topic right now. And I think that, you know, returning to the office or not returning to the office or um, I was, I was just in somebody's session who was saying, you know, it's so difficult to communicate on Zoom because we don't have any nonverbal communication. And I agree with that. And um, I think that, you know, one of the growth areas really for human resource professionals is change management because it's so needed. And all of a sudden there's this understanding that organizational change management actually increases adoption. It speeds the adoption of change and it helps people overcome the resistance that we absolutely know they're going to have. So when, when I'm looking forward and I'm thinking like what is on the horizon, you know, we have um, a sort certif- um, There's a certification for change management professionals. There's probably several, but there's one from a change management professional group. And one of the things that I think is interesting is that HR professionals are uniquely positioned, uniquely positioned to really dig in and specialize in this organizational change management field because they already are thinking about the stakeholders. They're already thinking about all of these issues and Just adding this layer of depth to their practice, I think, can really drive a lot of change. And I think it would really help our organizations to adopt changes much more quickly and with less pain.
0: Well, April, this was a great discussion. Thank you for sharing a little bit about uh, your model and uh, what you're doing in the change management space. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.